The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus said to his disciples, In those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the end of the earth to the end of the sky. Learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, you know that he is near at the gates. Amen, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. The Gospel of the Lord. But of that day or hour, no one knows. Heaven and earth will pass away. The end is near. How often have we heard various prophets saying, the end will come in this year, on this day, at this time. And obviously it hasn't yet happened. Here, as we are entering into the end of the liturgical year, the church presents to us an eschatological message, eschatology, that is the things of end times, the time in which Jesus will come. And the beginning of Advent, even, is the same message, focusing on these end times, And nothing captivates our attention quite like the idea of the final coming, the final judgment, Jesus coming in clouds and judging and sorting those who will go to damnation and those who will be brought into life. We are in a time of preparation, a time of preparation for the coming of the Lord. This expression, the coming of the Lord, has multiple significance. So we talk about the coming of the Lord that we remember at Advent and into Christmas, the coming of the Lord in the incarnation that took place 2,000 years ago. And then we can also talk about the final coming of the Lord when He will judge all of creation. And the first reading gives us a pretty stark line about that final judgment. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some shall live forever. Others shall be an everlasting horror and disgrace. This really flies in the face of our underlying mentality or presupposition that basically everyone goes to heaven because we're basically all good people. Jesus 
does not mince his words when he talks about heaven and hell. No one talks about hell more than Jesus. And he says, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And narrow is the way that leads to life. And few are those who find it. And then he talks about the final judgment in Matthew 25 when he's sorting out those who did to the least of these brethren, of my brethren, they did it to me. And they are legitimately surprised, those who both serve the Lord and those who are being condemned for not serving the Lord. So it is not as though we will know necessarily that we are on that path to destruction But if we stay close to the Lord, we can be relatively assured that we are on the narrow path to life. If we think of a big cavern, a big canyon between this life and the next, the narrow way is the cross of Jesus Christ that spans the abyss. Jesus is the only way from this life into the next. And if we are not in communion with him in this life, there's no way we're going to be in communion with him in the next because that is heaven. Heaven is to be in communion with Jesus Christ. So this is the second coming of Jesus that we're talking about. The first, Jesus coming 2,000 years ago, becoming man, dying on the cross, rising again from the dead. The second is the final coming when he will judge us. And there is a possibility that we will be condemned. And the second, which is a prepar- and the third, which is preparation for the second, is the coming of the Lord in the present moment. Jesus is always coming to us, and He gives us the opportunity to practice for the final coming of Jesus. Here in a minute, Jesus is actually going to come on this altar. Actually going to come. As I said at the beginning of Mass, how many of us expect that something amazing or miraculous could happen with Jesus coming on this altar? God is right here. And if we are oblivious to Him, ignoring Him, indifferent to Him as He's coming on the altar, that's a pretty good sign that we're not in good relationship with Jesus when He finally comes at the end of all time. If making it to Mass on Sundays is not even among your priorities and it's only an occasional kind of thing, that is a good indication you will not be ready when Jesus comes at the end of time. If we do not have a daily encounter with Jesus in our time of silence with Him, we are not preparing ourselves to receive Jesus at the final coming. And we need not be afraid of this final moment if we are living in constant communion with Him. If making it to Sunday Mass is obvious, the center of our week, making it to Mass during the week is when it's possible, and spending time with Jesus in silence every day. And then, of course, repenting for the kingdom of God is at hand. And if we're not making a regular habit of going to confession, we run the risk of that final moment coming at an hour we do not expect. We are living right now, it might not seem like it, we're actually living now in the time of mercy. Mercy is radically available to us. All we have to do is to apologize to God and to others. But in the final coming of Jesus and at the end of our life, when we have passed away, it will be the time of judgment and justice. And we will receive our just desserts. 
if we have not sought out the mercy while mercy is radically available to us. There is nothing more pressing than to being reconciled with God because the whole of our life is about being in communion with God, being in friendship with Him. And if we don't have friendship with Him or we have hurt that relationship and all we have yet to do is to apologize and go to Him in confession and receive that sanctifying grace, that abiding of the Trinity back within our soul, what are we waiting for? We do not know if we even have tomorrow. It is so urgent, and the church here at the end of the liturgical year is reminding us, as it says in that refrain of the Alleluia before the gospel, be vigilant at all times and pray that you have the strength to stand before the Son of Man. The church is not saying it's a given. Everyone's going to be okay in the end. We as Catholics, we have to live with an urgency. We have to live with a fervor. And I pray that any walls of apathy in our hearts right now might come down in the name of Jesus Christ. Any indifference, apathy, or presumption that we're basically all good and we're all receiving salvation, I pray that those walls can come down so that we can actually have an encounter with Jesus Christ. Come, Lord Jesus, into our hearts. Come, Lord Jesus, now into our hearts. Come now, Lord Jesus, into our hearts. You have come 2,000 years ago. You will come at the end of all time, and you are coming now. If only we have the faith to believe. If only we have the expectation that you actually want to heal, you actually want to forgive, and you actually want to save here and now. Jesus, help our unbelief. Help our unbelief. Help our unbelief. Soften these hardened hearts of ours and give us your heart of flesh. Give us hearts of repentance, a hearts full of hope that we need not fear if we are with you. And if you are at the center of our life, we have nothing to fear. Jesus, increase our faith. And as our lips touch you, body, blood, soul, and divinity in this Eucharist, give us new faith. Give us new fire. Give us new hope. Amen.